This week's episode of Downsizing is brought to you by Luffy's Gear 5, because I literally cannot fucking escape it everywhere I go. Hello and welcome to Downsizing, the show that's the best in the West with no guests. I'm your host, my own worst enemy, Tim Down. Well, folks, I know you've been waiting with bated breath uh, for my uh, in-depth review of Oppenheimer. I gave you my Barbie review, which, uh, in fairness, maybe was lacking. Uh, Didn't really have all that much to say um, because, you know, I just kind of enjoyed it. And that's that's kind of all I had to say at the time. Uh, Oppenheimer, I have a little bit more to say, I guess. Um, Maybe because it was a much longer movie. Uh, perhaps that's why. Um, I will say up front, I did enjoy it. Uh, I didn't really love it. Uh, personally, I mean, the second half is definitely better than the first half. Um, it's uh, the first half, like the whole thing kind of feels like a trailer. It's got kind of weird pacing. Like stuff just keeps happening, but it's all at like the the same intensity throughout especially in the first half it's like he's in school and then he's somewhere else and now he's got a job and he's a professor and now he's meeting these people and he's meets this person and now he's married and now he's uh, whatever like he it just there's a lot of stuff happening it feels almost like you know like when someone's learning to play the drums and they just go like just kind of like that uh, weird sound. I, I didn't really think about how that would sound slapping on my thigh. We're not really going to talk about that. We're just going to try and move on and and pretend uh, that that uh, that didn't really, um, yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, Oppenheimer. It just kind of feels like stuff's happening. Um, there's not a lot of. I mean, because I guess I don't know. I guess it's hard to tell what the what the goal of the movie was in a way like it seems like uh, going into it i guess i assumed it's really a, sort of a character focused uh movie with the focus being on oppenheimer and learning about the guy who you know developed the nuclear bomb uh and it is that but it it feels like they're they're kind of trying to do everything like show everything in his life uh, at least, you know, starting from when he was in university. And there's just, you know, you kind of don't care about a lot of people, at least until the latter half of the movie, because a lot of people kind of come and go, and he's doing all these things and meeting all these people, and it's like, almost feels like too accurate to to real life, where I feel like they could have trimmed down the cast a little bit and done a bit more of a, you know, I don't know character focused thing um but it does get i find a lot better in the second half once things are underway um there's a lot of great uh i guess i guess everything about it is good but i find the script probably was kind of not to my my taste like the performances by everybody are pretty good pretty great um the you know uh, visuals are great. The sound designs are great. Um, they do a lot of like really good things in the second half as far as showing his perspective and it gets almost kind of surreal in certain points. And I think that was very well done, but I don't know. Uh, 
also is candidly so i did say that it felt like a trailer uh and then i watched a, a red letter media uh review of it um i i don't tend to watch reviews for things before i go to see them it's more after the fact especially if i'm not really sure how i feel about something sometimes you know hearing uh another perspective helps me kind of figure out what I agree with and what I don't agree with. Um, and they pointed out the, the soundtrack, which I guess I didn't really pay that much attention to. Um, but they said that there's, you know, a lot of moments where people are talking and it's these very intense scenes, but there's, there's, uh, uh, like just music kind of blaring, (laughs) like the soundtrack's going off when, if it was, uh, just quiet or more subtle. It may have been more compelling. And they point to a scene uh, later in the movie where he's meeting with like the Secretary of Defense and they're talking about which cities uh, are on the list of possible targets for the bomb. And there's no music. And it's like a very sort of engaging scene. And uh, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, it's kind of taking a, a Batman approach to a what could have been maybe a more... Uh, I don't know. Noah Baumbach is that the right? I can't. I don't know directors well enough to make a good comparison as like a kind of more subtle, more chill approach to to movie making. I don't know. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, it's a good movie. I'm sure Killian Murphy will get the Oscar nod. Uh, you know, or Golden Globe. I, I can never remember which Academy Awards the Oscar. Not good with the. I feel like award season always sneaks up on me, and more and more, I I've not seen any of the movies that are on the list. I feel like there's always like four that I know, and one movie that I've just never heard of at all. Like never, just a random movie that's about like a crack smoking substitute teacher, and they're like, oh, this is like, I don't know, Garbury Sidovies top per I don't know <laughs> I described the movie that I think Ryan Reynolds nope Ryan Gosling Ryan Gosling I think is in a movie where he plays like a crack addicted teacher I'm sure it was great definitely didn't see it um you know so as much as I am a Gosling head uh didn't see it uh and yeah so I guess if we're gonna take it you know in hand with Barbie um I like the, it's kind of comparing apples and oranges. I think they're good for different reasons. Both have issues for different reasons. So it's it's not like a it's not like going to see John Wick and whatever other you know Jason Statham vehicle. It's not like watching J, uh, John Wick and The Expendables. Let's say if they're both in the theater, it's a bit harder to compare. I'd say if you're gonna do a double feature, if you're gonna do the the full Barbenheimer experience. I'd say probably start with Oppenheimer um, because I feel like it is going to take more out of you, but then you watch Barbie, it's a bit more fun. Things tend to lead into each other a bit more concisely and, you know, you end your end on a, a more upbeat note than just, you know, the a complex dissection of a man, like a man's life's work and the implications of, unfettered ambition you know what you know 
It just depends what kind of mood you want to be on that drive home from the theater. One way or the other, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little unusual, I guess. But yeah, I, I think uh, as a feminist, I'll go Barbie. Uh, but as a what the fuck? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but here, okay. So there's one thing, one thing that made me fucking laugh out loud about this movie, about Oppenheimer, that is just. I've been trying to think of how to unpack this feeling I have about it, and I haven't been able to. I I looked in to see if this is like a real thing that happened, um, and I couldn't really find what I was looking for. Um, Okay, so it so okay so also something I had issue with in the first half of the movie um, is it felt like it relied a lot on uh, you already knowing a ton of stuff about um, Oppenheimer and things about his life. So uh, you know, like sometimes you'll go see a movie that's based on a book or based on something else, and if you've seen it before, you're like, or if you've read the book, you're like, oh, this is great. They did a really good job. Uh, doing this, whatever, and it's it's compelling for you because you're a fan of the original piece of media. But if you're just a newcomer and you don't uh, you don't know anything about it, you know it just feels like you're missing something. That's kind of how this felt, which is fine. Uh, you know, I don't think you need to hold the audience's hand. You don't need to, you know, it's a well known enough thing that you don't need to kind of overdo it, explaining every little thing that happens. Um, but I just felt like there's a lot of characters, a lot of things happening where it's like, man, I feel like I should know what this is and I don't. And it just, I'm not sure how important this is. It feels like there's almost like a, a nod and a wink at like the, the audience in a way, but regardless, um, if you know anything about Oppenheimer, you probably know his famous quote and it's not his quote. He's quoting something else, but he famously said, I am become death, destroyer of worlds, which is a quote from the back of a Gita, which is like a Hindu text. Okay. So I knew he said that, um, I guess through studying it at some point in history or just, you know, the internet just kind of feeds stuff in your brain. You come across a random meme that's like, did you know that Robert Oppenheimer was anyway? So famously said that it's quoted as saying that. And so when I first heard that, however many years ago, I just assumed, oh, okay, so I guess he was maybe into, you know, religion or into philosophy and, you know, was well-read enough that, you know, he just knew that quote. But there is a scene in the movie where he, it's his first time having sex with Florence Pugh. And it's like a classic movie thing where she like finds something in the room and, you know, uh, basically she finds a copy of it, of the Bhagavad Gita, opens it and sees it's in Sanskrit. And she's like, holy shit, do you fucking read Sanskrit? He's like, yeah, I'm picking it up. You know, he also speaks Dutch, apparently. I thought he was speaking German. Apparently it was Dutch. I thought he was in Germany. I guess I wasn't paying that much attention. Anyway, she's like, yeah, I, I can... I can fucking read, I can fucking read Sanskrit. And then, so she's topless and she opens the book and puts it in front of her breasts, if I may be so bold. And she's like, what does it say? So he paraphrases it. He's like, oh, it's Krishna talking to 
uh, whatever. I can't remember the name. And she's like, don't paraphrase, don't paraphrase it, read the words, which is like, okay, little, little mean, little bossy, but okay. And so he goes, I am become death destroyer of worlds. And that I'm going to see if I can like, like, okay. So you know how in breaking bad, I think it's in the pilot at some point, Jesse Pinkman goes, Oh, all of a sudden you're going to break bad bitch. He doesn't say bitch, but he says break bad. And you as the person watching the show go, Oh fuck. That's the name of the show. They did see. That's the thing. It's breaking bad. He said, break bad. Holy fuck, you know, or like, oh man, uh, we were this trials. We're really gonna. We don't need to kill a mockingbird here. And you're like, oh fucking shit, oh god, that's see, because now I get see. They're like saying to me, hey, we know that you're watching this, right? Well, you know, you know what this is. They don't know what it is, diegetically, but you know as the viewer what it is. But it's like he doesn't even say. <laughs> He doesn't even say it like where you think he would say it. I I could be wrong. I think that's the only time that line comes up in the in the whole movie. He might say it at another point. I don't think he does though. I don't think they actually show him say that aside from that point. So it's like were they just thinking, "Oh fuck, we wrote the whole movie and we didn't put in that speech where he says it." Cuz I think he said it on the news or something. I don't know. There's like a clip of him saying it. So he must have said it at a press conference. They don't have that in the movie. That's the only time he says it. So they're like, fuck, we wrote this whole thing. We're already shooting it. We didn't have him say it. We'll just throw it in somewhere. Or they like, like, do you know what I mean? Why it seems so fucking ridiculous? Like, are you trying to tell, I tried to look this up. I couldn't find any sources saying whether this happened or not. I know the movie's basically uh, mostly based on a biography about him. It's like a 600 page book. I'm not going to comb through it for this information. Um, but he he like like is that where he first read that or when it first stuck out to him that quote was he was having sex with a communist lady and she put the book in front of him and it was like read sanskrit while we have sex read the bhagavad gita in sanskrit to me while we have sex <laughs> is that what are you trying to tell me that's what happened because if that's what really happened leave it out of the movie okay let that be a fun fact that people say, hey, you know that quote? He was having sex with a communist lady at a communist party. Uh, and and that's, hey, and that's that's where that quote comes from. Little known fact, little known fact, right? No, don't put it in the movie because that's fucking ridiculous. That's the most ridiculous fucking scene in the movie. <laughs> Aside from a part where he's in a hearing and describing cheating on his wife with this woman who's sitting in the room. His wife is in the room and it's like the first kind of like surreal thing that happens in the movie uh, to my recollection where as he's describing like having an affair with her, like he's not going into detail, but he's talking about like meeting up with her. His, You see from kind of his wife's perspective, she's imagining this woman having sex with him, but she's like in his lap and she's naked and in the conference room and like looking at her. So it's supposed to be like her just visualizing her like it happening and she's like, oh, fuck, this fucking sucks. <laughs> but all I could think of was just on the day of shooting, just him having to sit there talking 
in a room full of people, all are cl- all of whom are closed, clothed except for Florence Pugh that has to like pretend she's having sex. <laughs> it's like that's so fucking weird. It, it kind of works in the movie, but I just couldn't help but think like how that would go on the day, and it really tickled me. Um, that's the one scene that just I think is completely fucking ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah. That, that, to me, I was trying not to laugh my ass off in the theater at that. But anyway, all that to say, it's a fine movie. Uh, it's no Batman Begins, uh, but uh, I also didn't see Tenet, so um, I can't compare it to that. I kind of want to, even though everyone says it's boring and sucks, or it doesn't make sense, but is also boring. Um but it looks cool. Maybe it's another one where it's like, oh, it's a cool trailer movie, but to actually watch it is more. It seems like it's a lot of people talking in rooms about weird stuff. Um, but hey, you know, that's kind of that's kind of what Gilmore Girls is. And I like that. So maybe I'll give Tenet a watch. <laughs> um, now, I, uh, I did have something else happen this week. Um I had a, an apartment issue and I've only lived in this apartment for a month and a half. And so I was kind of hoping, you know, our landlord lives below us. I was kind of hoping to go a really long time without having to ask for anything just to build up some credibility, uh, as a, as a tenant. See tenant, tenant. It's pretty close. It's almost a segue, except it's, it's just kind of not, <clears throat> I'm already most of the way through. So anyway, look, I was like, I don't want to, I just want to have everything be chill and then maybe, oh, in five months, hey, I noticed this thing's not working. Can you take a look at it? And he'll go, oh, yeah. Oh, that's fucked up. I'll call a guy. You know, as I said, I unplugged the drain myself, doing stuff around the apartment. I was like, I don't want to bother him with anything. Um, But then on Wednesday, um, it was warm in the apartment all day. And I, I don't know. I don't pay attention that much. I'm not. A, I don't pay that much attention to temperature. I think I'm just normally kind of uncomfortable. So if it's really hot, I just am really hot, and I'm not thinking about it. So I guess I just assumed it was hot out, and that's why our apartment was hot. But later in the evening, uh, we noticed that the baseboard heater in the living room was just like on full blast, and it was like 30 degrees in our living room. And she's like, well, you should, you should call, you should, you know, we should call our landlord. And I was like, ah, it's like 1030. I don't want to call him. Like, I'm sure I can figure this out. I don't want to call him because it's like one, he lives below us. I don't want to call him. I'm going to go knock on his door. But I, I, I also feel like I should be able to figure this out myself. You know, I was feeling cocky. I fixed uh, a window in my car. I, fix the sink so i'm like i can fucking fix this well how hard could it be so i go trying to turn down the thermostat it's not working uh i also like there's like different symbols that are popping up i'm like i'm not really sure what this means uh this is it's showing like uh snowflake and then it's showing like wind and i'm not really sure what to make of it so i'm like you know what here's what i'm gonna do there's a model number on it i'll look up the model number and i'll get the manual and i did and I was playing around with it, uh, making some changes, and I set the temperature to like bring it down to like twenty degrees. 
did have to Google what room temperature is in Celsius, which is probably something I should know by the time I'm almost 30. Uh, but I just know it is like 70 something. Uh, you know, also I just never, I don't know. I've never really touched the thermostat because in my parents' house, my parents would control the heat. And in my old apartment, the landlord controlled the heat. So this is a new world for me. And as a Canadian, uh, my oven and, uh, thermostat temperature is Celsius. Nope. Is Fahrenheit outside is Celsius body temp is Celsius. Um, so I wasn't sure. So I looked it up. It says about 20 degrees. So I said, it's 20 degrees. Nothing happened. So I was like, okay, this could be a problem because if it's blasting full on heat for one, I pay for heat now. So I don't really want to pay for that. Uh, but for two, you know, if it's just going to keep going and getting hotter and hotter, you know, that's famously not good. I don't want my cat to touch it. Uh, you know, you don't want to have like an electrical fire or anything. So just to be safe, I was like, well, look, this is not a problem. I'll just go. It's late at night already. I'll go and just, you know, flip the circuit breaker and just turn off the power and that'll solve it. Easy. So I go to the circuit box and I'm opening it up and I'm looking and I see that there's uh, two circuits uh, marked as heating. And so I flip one and I go and check to see if that did it and it didn't. Like the, the thermostat in the living room was still on, but the one in the kitchen turned off. And so I turn it back on, flip the other switch, and then it didn't seem like it did anything. So I was like, what the fuck? And I tried all the other circuits as well. Not one of them actually hooked up to, not one of them affected the thermostat. I tried taking off the wall to see if there's something wrong with the wire. And, you know, I think, not a pet peeve, but an issue I have is when, if I'm trying to fix something and someone comes to help me with it, there's kind of a part of me that wants them to not be able to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I want there to have been nothing I could do. Like, <laughs> like if I go and there's like no hot water in my apartment, I would call a plumber and he comes and just turns a wrench, just a quarter turn, and there's hot water. That's fucking annoying. It's not even a money thing. It's just fucking annoying because I feel like I should have been able to figure that out. And that's partially why I didn't want to involve our landlord because I was like, I listen, how hard could it be? I can figure this out. But then it's getting to the point where it's like, well, I I guess I should just probably do it. So I went down, knocked on his door. I said, hi. Yeah, I know. It's, it's pretty late. Uh, did you come check? Because it seems pretty fucked up. And so he comes up and he looks at the thermostat, tries doing all the stuff I did. Doesn't work. And then he goes into the kitchen. He opens a circuit box. He flips both of the circuits marked heating. And wouldn't you know it, that fucking did it. That fixed the problem. It turned off. And not only that, in like two minutes, I felt, and it was way, it wasn't even close to as hot. And I was so upset. 
he said he was going to call an electrician because there was something wrong with the thermostat. It seems like fucked up. But I was so upset. <laughs> it's like, fuck. It's not, it's, I mean, it's probably the worst one I've had in a long time. Uh, my dad coming to fix the, the battery on my car when he's just like, well, why don't you just tape this new piece to this old piece and that'll work. And it did work. That was like a come to Jesus moment for me. I felt great about that. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it was like such a simple thing. I couldn't believe I never, I didn't think of it, but also I never would have thought of it, but this I would have. And it was just like, fuck. Fuck. But let me tell you something. Okay. You know, there's that whole Malcolm Gladwell thing. That's like, you know, debatable whether how true it is. But you need 10,000 hours in order to become like an expert in something. In order to master something, you need to put in 10,000 hours of practice. And I can safely say that I have done that. I have put in my 10,000 hours. And I am now an expert in something. I'm a master in something. And arguably, I have been for a long time. It might even be 15,000 hours at this point. Probably not 20,000. But it might not be as far off as I'd like. And my 10,000 hours is in looking like a dumbass. I'm a leading expert in my field. I look like a dumbass all the fucking time. I mean, it's crazy. I, I don't think there's a person on earth that has looked dumb more than me. And my one coping strategy is not really to grow and improve and learn. My main thing is just to be quiet. I'm just kind of quiet and don't say every thought that comes into my head because I figured out a long time ago if you're quiet if you just just don't say anything people kind of assume you're way smarter than you are when in reality if everyone heard the first thought that came into my head with a lot of things I'd be finished socially I mean you know I just Most of the things I think are dumb. I think it's not even close. I think the only reason, I mean, my worst nightmare is someone that could read minds. Because they'd just be looking at me constantly like, how are you even alive? How how are you getting through the day like this? Um, And you know what I say? It's one step at a time. One day at a time. Uh, as always, listen, look, it's part of growing. It's part of being an adult. You just got to move on. I look like a dumbass. That's okay. I'll just smile and say hello. Get by on my, uh, my subdued charm. I'm not going to talk too much about anime this week. Um, I'm just going to say that it, all of my anime is in a good place right now. It's a lot of exciting things happening. One Piece has been a little bit, it's felt like a lot of setup for a while but now we're getting we're going places things are picking up uh and bleach i mean bleach is just doing everything that i like about bleach i'm looking forward to all the stuff that's going to happen uh ichigo is coming back there's gonna be some cool shit um and yeah it's just a good time to be an anime fan Uh, i am looking you know, I'm getting close. I'm almost within 100 episodes of catching up to One Piece. So once I catch up, it's going to be a little bit weird. 
Uh, I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do. Probably continue watching Naruto. I think I've decided to not watch the filler for Naruto. I think that's a big choice for me. Um, but we'll see. We'll see about that. And uh, I think I'm probably going to watch uh, a little bit of Jujutsu Kaisen. Looks pretty cool. Looks like it's got a lot to offer. Someone told me it's what Bleach, or what people want Bleach to be. So I'm compelled to see uh, what that's uh, what that's going to turn out to be. Um, so that's going to be it for this week, folks. Um, not sure uh, what else I have to say on uh, anything this week. I don't think I'm leaving anything out. Uh, I baked a carrot cake. So the weight loss is going well. <laughs> I had to use up a lot of carrots, and my solution was to make a carrot cake. Uh, when I have, I don't know, a million things I could have done. I could have made, I could have made some kind of carrot pancakes. That would have been probably pretty good, actually. Now I regret doing that. Um, yeah, on the, on the cooking front, I, uh, yeah, one last thing. I, uh, I've been cooking a lot more these days. Um, uh, the main thing I would cook was often just lunch. Uh, my girlfriend sort of you know, was working on her thesis, so she had a bit more time during the day. She'd be able to start dinner early on, and she just ended up cooking um, most dinners. I would obviously cook here and there, uh, but main dinner duty fell to her. And then for me, like if I'm making a lunch, a lot of time it was leftovers or just something simple. But I've been making more dinners recently, and that's a maybe a bit of a problem because now that I'm back into cooking, I want to cook like not the most healthy stuff. Um, before, you know, I'm eating like mainly vegetarian. So things are going well. I'm sub 300. I'm still sub 300 by the way. Um, but you know, now that I'm cooking more, it didn't take that long for me to be like, I mean, for example, I've got some cubed beef marinating right now that I'm going to have for dinner along with something else. I don't know. I haven't got that far yet. Uh, but also, I mean, I keep thinking that I, re- I really, I really want a deep fried chicken or a turkey, like a full one, a full, a full bird. I really want to do it. I know, listen, I know that a lot of people have burned down their houses doing that or set major fires or caused bodily harm to themselves and their loved ones. And I get that, but I think it's kind of worth it. Also, I know the safety things. You got to measure at the, you don't eyeball the oil. You got to measure because displacement is a thing. Is that Archimedes? It was the displacement guy, the rubber ducky guy. It's not rubber ducky for sure. For sure was not. But just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Displacement of the water in the, in the bath. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I probably sound like a fucking lunatic right now. And, and if you do know what I'm talking about, you're probably mad that I'm getting a lot of details wrong. Uh, but also turn off the flame. That's the thing that I, that's the thing that I don't always do, but you turn off the flame when you put the bird in. So if the oil does overflow, it's not falling onto flames. So see, I know a little bit, I know some stuff. I know some precautionary things and I'm just, I'm just looking to do it. So trying to convince my parents to let me weirdly, I think they were a little bit on board, which maybe they're, they're counting on me forgetting that I want to do it. And then it's just instead of saying outright no, which will make me want to do it more, if they just go, yeah, sure, no problem. And I'll just get distracted and be like, I wonder if there's like a, I wonder if I can watch Fighting Foodons online. Anyway, uh, that's going to be it for this week. 
Um, as always, you can follow me on Instagram, because we're going to occasion. Send me an email, downsizingspot at gmail.com. Uh, tune in next week to see if I burn my fucking nipples off trying to deep fry turkey.